0: again everyone welcome to the animation fascination podcast this is episode 14 uh, i'm mark Fivert, and with me again as always is matt quest hello sorry guys for our super long very unplanned hiatus
1: <laughs> a little just a little break
0: yeah Uh, As you may notice, uh, Justin has also left the podcast. He hasn't had enough time to do other things that he needs to get done. So from now on, you'll just have to deal with just me and Matt.
1: Yeah, just the two of us.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, And if you haven't listened to us before, uh, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past or present, whether it's either traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, stop-motion it's animated it's up for discussion you can check out our website animationfascination.wordpress.com or we're also at the site movieovermind.com as well now and you can follow us on twitter at animated podcast or send us an email at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com and then you can also like us on facebook too so let's get all that we're everywhere in. Social network stuff out of the way. Um, but one of the, the bigger, actually the the biggest award ceremony in animation was last night, the Annie Awards, and it was hosted by Mr. Remy the Rat himself, Patton Oswalt. So we're going to go over a, a few of the winners from that, and we'll talk about them right now. It might be kind of a foreshadowing of at least the best animated feature in animated short, what will win at the oscars probably uh the f- best animated feature was ringo
1: which... awesome awesome totally awesome
0: <laughs> uh that I would... we're going to get into this but that was definitely my favorite film of animated film of last year
1: yeah of last year that's number 1 for me for sure
0: uh the best animated short subject was adam and dog by minkyu lee which uh, I haven't seen yet, but I, I've seen our our friend Austin uh, and Chris um, saying congratulations to them because they apparently know the guy. So we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to check that out and see. Yeah, but I have I, not seen it as well. I want to see all of the nominees from this, so I'll have to try to track them down and watch them. Yeah. Uh, the Best Animated Television Production General Audience, which is basically teens and adults uh, the Simpsons ones for that just interesting because I haven't watched the Simpsons in like I don't know like 5 or 6 years
1: I thought they stopped making uh, new episodes after they came out with the movie
0: no I think they're in their 23rd or 24th season
1: wow I mean that's still the longest running animated uh, production ever right
0: yeah and the, there was talk about them, like the show ending within the next years or so, because uh, Fox didn't want to pay the voice actors as much. Oh, yeah. The cost <laughs> down, and everyone was going to leave. But I guess that got worked out, so there actually is going to be at least another two seasons of the show. Nice. Uh, directing for a feature production was Jennifer Yu Nelson for Kung Fu Panda 2 which I thought I thought was interesting that Ringo won for animated feature but Gore Verbinski didn't win for directing. So
1: Yeah, I mean, Jennifer also Nelson, she's only directed two modermation um, you know, uh films. And uh, you know, both of those two are awesome. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like she has a, a lot of experience on feature length films, but the ones she has directed have been you know, fantastic.
0: Definitely. Uh, and then, t- it should be noted that she, on the first Kung Fu Panda, was the director of, like, the the 2D animation that, like, the, that the film opens with, that the second film actually has a lot more of when Poe has his flashbacks to when he was a child.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then, music in a feature production, John Williams won for The Adventures of Tintin, which is pretty awesome, I liked the music in that, and it's John Williams, so yeah, his music's always gonna be awesome,
1: <laughs> it's not gonna be bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, voice acting in a feature production was Bill Nye, not the science guy, Bill <laughs> Bill Nye from Shaun of the Dead, you may remember from that, or Hot Fuzz, or he was Davy Jones and in, in the Pirates of the Caribbean films. For he won the voice acting for playing Grand Santa in Arthur Christmas, which I never actually got to see, but I know that Dude. you saw it and you liked it.
1: It was totally hilarious. Grand Santa was probably one of the best, like, adult, kind of adult, you know, genre characters, and, like, the the jokes that came with it were awesome.
0: <laughs> but, and then, so I'm going to definitely have to check that out, and he he actually did a voice in Ringo, too, it was the voice of the snake. Awesome. Um, but, I need to stop saying um so much, <laughs> uh... <laughs> The last one we're going to talk about is uh, writing in a feature production. The winner for that was Rengo again. So it's pretty good to see Rengo is getting the recognition it deserves from last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a really great storyline. And on top of that, it was like visually stunning. It was, you know, probably one of the first of its kind where they used the, you know, real life lighting and textures, which was really cool to me. Yeah.
0: And... If seeing as how well it's been doing, and hopefully it'll prompt ILM to do more animated films like that, since it was, that was their first ever fully animated feature film. Yeah, and for a
1: first, that was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, it's kind of echoing Pixar in a way. So hopefully we'll have we'll have two awesome animation studios based in the Bay Area starting to do. Awesome movie after awesome movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then... So that that pretty much covers what we were going to talk about for the Annie Awards. But if you want to check out all the nominees and the winners, you can go to AnnieAwards.org and see all the nominees and winners there. Um, now we're going to get into the new releases of the Blu-rays that are going to be coming out pretty soon on Tuesday. Disney is releasing Lady and the Tramp finally on Blu-ray. And... I got to watch it over the weekend, and it's pretty awesome. It looked really, really great in HD. It was actually the first Disney movie that was shot in uh, CinemaScope, so it's got the nice, super wide widescreen on it.
1: Very nice.
0: And it's one of the one of the best releases that Disney's put out on Blu-ray.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm anxious to see what it looks like.
0: It's got. Uh, hold on a second. On the, the Blu-ray, it's actually got some pretty cool features. There's some deleted scenes on there. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, there's a deleted song. There's Inside Walt's Meetings, which basically goes into like how the movie was being put into production and like his ideas on the film. Uh, there's Diane Disney Miller, who is uh, one of Walt's daughters. And it's got a good, like, thing on there about uh, his apartment in Disneyland and, like, how when they were putting together Lady and the Tramp, um, he would be there and coming up with ideas for it and whatnot. And then there's a bunch of cool, like, things on there from the Disneyland TV show that was on around the 50s and showing the production of Lady and the Tramp on that, which is kind of cool because it was ahead of its time for that time period – because, you like, nowadays, like, we always see, like, this behind-the-scenes videos of how films are being put together and whatnot. But that was pretty much, like, the only one that was going on at that time. Awesome. And then there's some features that were from the DVD they put out a few years ago. And then there's a commentary track of sorts, which is basically just, like, a recreation of... Walt's meetings with the different animators on the show or film. <clears throat> yeah. And
1: Lady and Tramp is one of those films that, uh, was, it was just before the golden age of Disney films. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was, you know, they don't make cartoons like they used to.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's, it's definitely looks great. And then, In there, had an insert for some of the other Disney films that are going to be coming out this year on Blu-ray. There's going to be a double pack of The Rescuers and The Rescuers Down Under, which I'm looking forward to. Oh, cool. Um, Pocahontas 1 and 2 is coming out as a double pack on Blu-ray. The Aristocats, those are all this summer. And then Cinderella is coming out this fall on Blu-ray. And what I was really excited to see in there is that Aladdin is coming out next spring in Blu-ray. So. Yeah,
1: I did see that as well. I can't wait for that. That's going to be a really cool visual film on, you know, the big screen TV. That's going to look nice.
0: It'll look pretty awesome. Like, already when I had my DV- DVD and put it in the PS3 and upconverted it, it looked great like that. So I can't wait to see it in actual true HD on the tv so it'll be pretty awesome yeah
1: i can't wait either i just bought the new uh surround sound for my tv setup so i get i can get the full experience now
0: very nice uh and this other one you may you may question why i have it in here but uh a very herald and kumar christmas comes out on
1: Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah i know why you put this in yeah. there <laughs>
0: but yeah there's a, a scene in the film that's claymated to kind of honor the the claymation films of, of old from yesteryear of, you know, you know, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is coming to sound. It's coming to sound? Santa, <laughs> Cla- to <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. Um, but in the Harold and Kumar uh, are under the influence of something and everything in the film becomes claymated and they're running away from essentially a a monster snowman and there's a a nice little feature on the blu-ray that actually shows the production of that claymation scene in it so that's a a cool scene to watch if you're into animation and stuff like that and there's i believe on the season two uh community dvd there's the same thing kind of for their christmas episode where they did the So if you like claymation or stop motion like that, you should definitely at least check out that feature on the Harold and Kumar Blu-ray.
1: Yeah. And you had the chance to actually participate in an interview with the real Kumar, yes. Harold and Kumar.
0: Yeah. I got, I did get to do an interview with Cal Fen and John Cho during the time the film came out and they were pretty cool guys. And I, when I did do that, I asked to them if they would be interested in ever doing any more animated films or things like that. And what got brought up is that they would definitely both like to work for Pix do a Pixar film. <laughs> which, I, <laughs> which I thought was cool. Um and the other thing was that apparently there is some sort of Harold and Kumar animated series that is in development, which would I... be interesting to see that come out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I did. I think I did see a little bit on that. I didn't really get into depth with it, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what comes from that.
0: It would definitely have to be on Fox or FX, or maybe even like HBO or or Showtime, depending on what was in the cartoon. Oh yeah, the
1: content. Yeah, <laughs> especially
0: because if you do see Harold and Kumar Christmas and you see what's the content in the claymation cartoon, then you'll understand what we're talking about. But uh, that those are our Blu-ray reviews for this week, so definitely check those out on Tuesday when they come out. If it's already Tuesday when you're listening to this, go buy them. Right now. Yes. Or or buy them tomorrow. <laughs> but that's... Whenever, our, you, yeah.
1: whenever you get a chance.
0: That's our, our reviews for Lady and the Tramp and Harold and Kumar. Two very different but equally awesome movies. So that will lead us into our main topic for this episode, which is our favorite and slash best animated films of 2011. So without further ado, Matt, do you want to go first or would you like me to?
1: Yeah, I'll go first. Cause I didn't see as many uh, of the animated films of 2011 as you did. Cause I'm assuming you saw every single one of them. I tried. Um, I tried yeah. You tried. <laughs> All right. Well, for my favorites for 2011, number one is obviously Rango. Awesome. Like, totally awesome, visually stunning film. Um, you know, it was a little edgy. You know, the storyline was a little edgy, you know? Yeah. Um, I just, I like the all, like, the textures. Because I'm a big visual guy. So, for me, Rango was absolutely number one. Probably my number one, like, of all time. Because just the visuals... Like It's exactly what I like. I like realistic lighting. All the textures and like the shaders they used for the set were completely like realistic looking. And I think ILM did a very good job of pulling that off. And it was just all around just great, fantastic film.
0: Do you That's have what, any thoughts on that? Yeah, that was my favorite film of last year too. I liked Johnny Duff's uh, voiceover acting for Ringo in there. I liked Bill Nye in there as the snake and I liked the the little references they had in there to uh Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah,
1: that that was pretty awesome.
0: <laughs> and then there's what is supposed to be uh Clint Eastwood's character from the Man with No Name trilogy, which I when I saw the film I thought Clint Eastwood had done the voice, but then I went and looked it up and it was I guess it was Timothy Oliphant who was on the show Justified. Yeah. But I liked the little allusions to that because there's plenty of homages and references to that series of films, as well as plenty of other classic Western films, but it was, it was kind of cool to have Ringo meet that the character.
1: Spirit of the West. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I like you said, I liked the animation a lot of the, it was one of the, most beautifully animated movies I've seen in a while because it, it just looks like almost photorealistic. Which yeah. ILM has a lot of uh, experience d- doing that so that you believe like Transformers are real in that same scene as Shia LaBeouf or you know, and like other films like that, like it, believing that stuff is actually going on and not having it take you out of the film. So, oh, yeah. It's definitely cool to see them put all of that work into a feature-length film itself, and hopefully, we can eventually get Hal Hickel on the show. Which I've talked to him a few times about getting him on the show, to talk to him about Ringo and. Maybe yeah, that him. would be,
1: that'd be an awesome podcast. We could get him on to talk about that. That'd be great. Definitely,
0: but uh, that's that's Ringo. Yeah, Ringo. I mean, it's all no, right, and, and it's also it's nominated for an uh, Oscar for animated Best Animated Films, so hopefully it'll win for that. And it's yeah. out on Blu-ray, so if you want to go check it out or rent it, buy it, go do it. Yeah, I'm that. Predict,
1: predicting an Oscar for that one. Definitely. So, all right. And Rango, all right. My number two uh, favorite animated film of 2011, Kung Fu Panda 2. Holy crap! Visually stunning, awesome lighting, everything. Just the story, like it was almost. I feel it was almost better than the first one. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I liked I liked Kung Fu Panda two a lot. I still have to. I still want to pick that up eventually. But I liked that. Uh, like you said, it, it, the storyline built on the first movie and kind of expanded it. And yeah, the animation was great. Like one of the end scenes with the, the like cannonballs coming. Oh, through that was. Amazing,
1: yeah. That was well. I think we we reviewed this uh, in a previous episode. Just everything is stylized, like even like the fire coming out of the cannons. Everything is just stylized and looks just you know great.
0: Yeah. The only thing that bad thing that I can say that has come out of the Kung Fu Panda series is that, like we talked about before, is that DreamWorks tends to like to milk their successful uh, films for everything that they're worth because yeah. Um, Madagascar has done well so they did the Penguin series with that now I've seen a few episodes of the the Kung Fu Panda Legends of Awesomeness show on Nickelodeon yeah
1: I'm not a big fan
0: (laughs) like what what kind of sucks is like Jack Black does the theme song for that so you're like oh cool so maybe he's going to do his actual voice on the show and then like you get into the show and like it's kind of like sounded like Actors for pretty much everybody, and the guy that does do Poe does somewhat sound like Jack Black, but the people, some of the other actors that are supposed to be quote unquote sound alikes, sound nothing like the actors that actually do the voices for those characters in the film yeah like especially cranes that the guy that does that sounds nothing like david cross whatsoever
1: <laughs> you i think you lose a little bit of it when they switch up the voice actors you know
0: yeah and they they obviously have a lower budget for the television film yeah television film the television yeah. show because you can with the animation you can definitely tell how much cheaper it's it is and there's not as much like fine texture like for like the hair and yeah. whatnot like on all the animals it's like really smooth that was like my complaint with the madagascar show too is that like king julian and like him like he like that the animation of him looks a lot worse than it does in the film itself it looks it looks really good in the film and then you go to that show and it looks really yeah. bad
1: I mean, it's it's hard working on a budget, and I mean, if they actually spent the time to make the TV episode as good as the feature length film, it would take them years to make a TV episode. So, I mean, it's time and budget that just you know, when you're trying to put a lot of episodes out there like that, it's the quality goes down.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I understand that and everything. I just I don't know. like once you get used to how the film looks, and then you go and watch the the show, then I don't know. yeah.
1: I don't know you. You lose a little bit of the. I don't know. A little bit of everything. I think.
0: Yeah, but and then then the next since how I trained your dragon did well, they're going to be doing a TV series for that too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm a little worried about that. I hope they keep the same voice actors. That's all. Like that's you know really important to me. You got to keep all the same uh, voice actors.
0: They d- they did a Christmas special this year for How to Train Your Dragon. Which was pretty good, and they had all the actors for that because I'm assuming DreamWorks actually does like sign their actors to actually have to do those specials. Because when they did the ones for Monsters vs. Aliens and Shrek, those those are always still Mike Myers and you know, Yeah Reese Witherspoon and what and Jay Basharel and whatnot. So, I mean, it'd be nice if they could. I I know that like like the actors actually have to do other stuff, but if like they could sign them into having to do a certain amount of the episodes of the tv show that would make me want to watch the show more absolutely but yeah that's, all right. that's kung fu panda 2 kung that's, fu panda 2 that's also nominated for an oscar so let's see how that goes against rango
1: we'll see how that plays out um all right and now my number three uh, favorite animated film of 2011 is Arthur Christmas. And I know you didn't see this, Mark, but I'm telling you, it is awesome. It's it's right up there with Rango and Kung Fu Panda 2. It is a really good film. Um, I Actually, I got to see it with my work. Um, I got paid to go out, and we, we saw that for, like, a gift from my boss. So that was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the jokes within the, uh, like, Uh, granddaddy um totally awesome like a little edgy you know kind of adult uh themed but it's it definitely like captivates the the younger audience and the older audience so it's a really good film
0: and to everybody that's been listening if matt has been super loud for the past uh 28 (laughs) minutes sorry sorry i just figured out what was wrong it was a volume thing on, on my Side that I just found and lowered.
1: Oh, it was on your end. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, maybe he wasn't loud to anybody. But if it was, sorry.
1: Yeah, I was trying to turn it down on my end, and I don't know. So. Uh,
0: but yeah, I I want to see Arthur Christmas. The th- thing that kind of sucks about that is that they tend to wait a whole year until they release a Christmas film.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, well, I guess there's... with
0: with the exception of Harold and Kumar.
1: Yeah, there was um. When we were watching all the Christmas episodes, uh, that one, uh, what was it? What was the other Christmas elf? Um, Prep and Landing? To... Yeah, Prep and Landing. I had seen uh, Arthur Christmas before I saw uh, yeah. Prep and Landing, and I hated Prep and Landing because I had already watched Arthur Christmas, and it was such a good feature length film that when I saw Prepping Landing, I was like already biased, and uh, I didn't like it as much.
0: So, I, I, yeah, I noticed when I saw some of the, the trailers for Arthur Christmas, the elves in that, that, like, it was almost exactly the same idea Prep and Landing did, like, two years ago.
1: Yeah, so, like, I was extremely biased, because I liked the style of, you know, everything done in Arthur Christmas a little bit better. So, even before I started watching Prep and Landing, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs>
0: I really like Prep and Landing. I liked the, the first one they did a few years ago, and then I liked the the new one they did this year. Was, yeah. That's probably partly biased, too, because John Lasseter was one of the producers on it. and
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's still, you know, Prep and Landing is still like a good uh, animated film. It's just I I prefer the yeah. feature-length Arthur Christmas better.
0: I'll have to see what happens when I finally see it, because it's yeah. like that thing that happened when uh, the films, The Illusionist and The Prestige came out. There's a thing I guess whoever if you saw the the illusionist first you liked that more than the prestige yeah, so the prestige I first that. you liked that more than the illusionist mm-hmm. so it'd be yeah, I'm, we'll have to... I'm interested Go definitely
1: ahead. interested to see what you think about that
0: we'll have to revisit this uh, in December of this year probably when it comes out on blu ray we talk about yeah. Christmas stuff and I finally get to see it yeah <laughs> I mean i I've, right. I've, I've tended to like the the past Ardman films that they've released like flushed mm-hmm. away and whatnot so be yeah. is and this one doesn't wasn't done to make it look like claymation either was it
1: No this looked uh like you know regular CG but it was very stylized and uh really well done
0: So that's this would be Ardmans first film that they done like that too then so that doesn't look like claymation or has been done with claymation
1: Yeah I mean it had that Pixar-y feel to it which you know I think a lot of studios strive to be like now yeah, so, I kind pretty of set cool. the
0: sander that everyone has to follow.
1: Yep. All right, so that was my number three favorite. Um, Four for the year is going to be Rio. And uh, we reviewed Rio uh, earlier last year, and uh, it was it was an amazing film, you know, visually stunning. Um, And uh, what do you think, Mark?
0: I, I liked Rio a lot, too. I don't remember if it was nominated for an Oscar, too. I know... One of the songs from Rio is nominated for Best Original Song against <laughs> against the Muppets, but I'm rooting for the Muppets to win that. Oh,
1: yeah. But, yeah,
0: because, I mean, if they were going to nominate any song from Rio, I, w- I would have liked them to nominate the song that Jermaine Clement did as Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> that w- yeah. Then I would have been conflicted. But, all, what would have been funny about that is that it would have been essentially the Flight of the Concords against each other at the Oscars. Yeah. Because Brett McKenzie did the song for the Muppets and Jermaine Clement would've done that for that. But yeah, like like you're saying, I liked I liked the real that when we talked about it before last year. All the animation in that was great, Jesse Eisenberg was great as uh wow, well, his name is the character's name is escaping me here you know for some reason. Yeah.
1: No, but. it's funny. Uh, when I actually went and saw Rio, a little funny story for you. I had I went and saw it right before we recorded the show. So I went early in the morning by myself to go see it at the movie theaters uh, around here. And uh, as I was standing in line, it must have been really anticipated by uh, a lot of little kids. Because as I was standing in line to get my ticket, I had a mother and like her few kids behind me. And she was actually putting her shoulder into my back, pushing me through the line to go watch this. So, so I
0: did thought, you, Did you feel like a huge creeper uh, watching the movie with a bunch of kids? Oh, I just, I always
1: go right up to the front row. I always wear like my <laughs> animation uh, shirt on and I'm like, yes, I do movie reviews and yeah, but it, you can't get away from that. Like you're the only like adult in there by yourself. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> luckily, luckily I have my son, yeah. Patrick, to, yeah, Patrick to go watch to go to yeah. animated films with. So. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, it's always nice though. I go uh watch a lot of animated movies with people from work and they all just, just they love it. So, yeah. it's fun. <clears throat> all right. So that was my what was it? Number 4. Yeah. Real. All right. And that was my uh top uh four list. But if I had to pick one more, I would I would probably pick Winnie the Pooh. I didn't see it but if I did see it, I'm pretty sure I would have loved it because it looked exactly like they did, you know, all the old Winnie the Poohs. And uh, it was just, you know, that walk down memory lane, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I got I got a chance to watch that on blu rays last year. And I liked it a lot. Zoe Deschnell did some new songs for it, um, which that was pretty cool. And I did I liked that it, going back to the 2D uh, hand-drawn animation was nice for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the trailer looked amazing, so I can only imagine, you know, how the rest of it turned out.
0: And it was, it was nice to revisit that. It wasn't, you might, like, you would might think that it might be, like, too kiddie to, like, watch Winnie the Pooh, but there was actually a, a lot of nice things in that, and there was some, there was a few, like, an adult jokes in there that would go over <laughs> your kids' heads, so that was that was nice, too. Yeah. But de- definitely <laughs> if you've liked old Winnie the Pooh when you were growing up and whatnot, that's a... Definitely be a good thing to check out. Yeah, just the animation alone was awesome on that.
1: Yeah, I think this was just a big nostalgia movie, you know?
0: Yeah. And and there's a cool a few cool features on the Blu-ray, like they have some of the older uh Pooh shorts on there that you can watch. So it's kinda cool.
1: Nice. Oh, and one more thing about Winnie the Pooh. Didn't um this was actually the story was actually from one of the original books too, right?
0: Yeah, it was from one of the original books that they actually never somehow ever produced as yeah. one of the animated shorts for the show.
1: So it wasn't like they came up with the storyline like in nowadays. It's like true to like the Winnie Pooh Winnie the Pooh lore. Yeah. So that's I think that's pretty cool too. Yeah, and one <laughs> of
0: the one of the other cool things on on the Blu Ray I remember is that it has like a backstory for. How a uh, malign went to a a zoo with his his son Christopher Robin, and <laughs> there was a goose, I believe, that was named Winnie, and there was a like a, a grizzly bear named Pooh. So that's and his son likes the barrel out, so that's how they came to name.
1: Oh, interesting!
0: It, it was at the Winnipeg Zoo, so that's why the <laughs> the goose was named Winnie. Nice. But uh so that's those are Matt's top 5 kind of recapping. My number 1 was also his number 1 which was Ringo. Yes. Uh my number 2 was also his number 2 Kung Fu Panda 2. Uh my number 3 was Winnie the Pooh. My number 4 was Puss in Boots. I did not see Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots was sorry about that. Was awesome. Like you would think that it was just again Dreamworks trying to Get money from a successful character from Shrek, but I was really proud of that movie and the fact that it never references Shrek at all. It doesn't begin with like Shrek and like that's which is what I thought was gonna happen It was gonna be like it begins with like in the Shrek. Yeah, like in like, the timeline. Shrek universe, yeah. And uh, Puss starts telling the story and it It flashes back to it, but it's kind of cool. It's kind of essentially. The Batman begins for Puss in Boots, <laughs> and like gives like his entire backstory of being like in a, a, um, under foster care with, uh, Humpty Dumpty, which was which was voiced by Zach Galifianakis, which was pretty awesome. Nice. Um, yeah, then,
1: I'll have to watch that. Yeah,
0: and then Sam Hayek does the voice of Kitty Softpaws, which was funny in that too, and they go. There's this whole story with the the beans from the Jack and the Beanstalk thing and whatnot, and it was great. And the Blu-ray is coming out soon at the end of February, so it's definitely if you haven't seen it, it's pretty good time to check it out. It w- I saw it in three D too, and the three D was pretty good in the film. Yeah. They what's kind <clears> of <throat> nice is that some of the jokes in that, like you know, there's that whole craze with like the like the cat like Mem things on the internet. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. There was a slight joke with that with one of the cats in the movie, too. Oh, yeah. So that was that was kind of funny. And the action was great in it. The animation was good, too. Some of it, like, reminded me of of Rango because, like, half of it took place in, a, like, a desert-y uh, climate. So that was kind of interesting to see it like that. So I would actually like to see another Puss in Boots film because it leaves it open for a sequel, obviously. And it's not it doesn't end, like, right before you'd think it would pick up for Shrek 2 picks up.
1: Oh, yeah, they'll probably do something with that.
0: So yeah, that was definitely a nice surprise to see that and actually have the film be really good. The So that was my number four. My number five was Adventures of Tintin, the animated film that Steven Spielberg did. came yeah. out in December, which was... It was done in motion capture, but I think... I know that you don't usually like motion capture, but... Not a
1: big fan, yeah.
0: I think it helps when they do motion capture and it's stylized so that you don't have, like, like the, um, the Uncanny Valley that you've been talking about because it's done to look like the old comics and the, the old uh, animated series that was on, uh, I want to say, HBO for a while.
1: Yeah, I'll really have to take a look at this, and then we'll probably come back to it, and I'll tell you what I think.
0: Yeah, but. Because, uh even though it was motion captured, it it's still done in a like the animation is beautiful. Again, it calls back to like what what Pixar films look like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All like all the
0: action scenes in it were great, and I think what helped it with the motion capture in there was like all the performances. became much more believable for humans in the care in the the film, and I, I just really liked it. it. Was it felt like a good mix of. Um, he mixed Pirates of the Caribbean with Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people were saying this should have been Spielberg's actual fourth Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> but it was, it was great. Jamie Bell did awesome as Tintin. Uh, Andy Serkis was Captain Haddock in it. And before I got to see this, I actually watched a few episodes of the old uh, hand-drawn animation series, which is great, too. So if you haven't seen that, definitely <clears throat> check that out because that's a pretty good show in and of itself. And I'm probably going to eventually check out the comics for this, because that's how much I liked the film. And hopefully that did well enough so that Peter Jackson can do the sequel to it, and that'll come out eventually. Nice. But, oh yeah, and the 3D was great in that as well. And I'd feel bad if I didn't mention it, so uh, honorable mention for... 2011, I'm going to have Cars 2 in there because the animation was still awesome, and Austin and Chris worked really hard in the movie.
1: Yes, well done, as always.
0: Yeah, so looking uh, from that, we're going to go into what we're looking forward to in 2012 for animated films. The first, uh, we're going to do them in order of how they're going to be coming out this year. So the first in that bachelor films is the lorax
1: lorax yeah which
0: looks awesome
1: it comes from the creators of the indespicable me yeah
0: just from yeah illumination entertainment despicable Despicable me Me.
1: despicable me which was also awesome the style of like rendering that they use it has like a nice like with a real uh like a nice soft feel with realistic lighting which is just awesome by me yeah. So I'm I'm really excited for it. It's Dr. Seuss film, so yeah, it's,
0: the, uh, it's I mean, gonna be good. Uh, Danny is doing the voice of the Lorax.
1: That's what I that's what I was gonna bring up. Yeah, Danny DeVito does the voice of the Lorax, and at, you know, after Danny DeVito, you know, does Always Sunny in Philadelphia, just to hear his voice on anything else is hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah, like he was he was awesome in Hercules as Phil. So uh, it'll be great to see him again doing another animated film with the Lorax because you kind of picture the Lorax when you hear his voice, I guess, too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I can't can't wait for that. We'll definitely have to do a Dr. Seuss special of Animation Fascination around the time that comes out. Talking about Horton Hears Who and the Lorax and all the other animated films like that. Yes. But yeah, March 2nd, the Lorax comes out. So we'll definitely have to check that out when that comes out. Uh, the next one, April twenty seventh is the Pirates, which another claymated film by and Animation Studios, which looks uh, another movie that I'm really looking forward to.
1: Yeah, look, it, I'm very excited for this film. Um, just the comedy, like in the trailer, looks great. I think I'm going to be laughing my ass off this entire film. It it looks awesome. Even like the, just the stylization of everything. Really cool. Really cool.
0: And then this is based on a series of books from the UK. So hopefully, I know, hopefully if this does well enough, we'll get, get more of these. Uh, And then a lot of the, the voice actors in there are, I'm looking forward to as well. Like you have uh, David Tennant doing the voice of Charles Darwin. And Jeremy Piven's doing a voice in there as well, and I always mix uh, Colin Firth and Hugh Grant up for some stupid reason, but either one of them is doing the voice for the the captain in the movie. Nice. So
1: should yeah, very yeah. excited for that. Yeah, definitely.
0: And then the third movie in our list of what we're looking forward to, June twenty second. Uh, probably my film that I'm looking forward to the most this year is Pixar's Brave.
1: Epic. It's going to be epic.
0: Oh man. I I can't, I can't wait to to see Brave. (laughs) Uh, Looking forward to all the animation there done by Chris and Austin. Uh, The 3D probably look great in that because Pixar doesn't do the gimmicky 3D. They, They do 3D that adds depth to like the picture and whatnot. So, we're to see that, and it's another original film from Pixar, so those are always great. We, they've got a good track record of awesome original films going to, uh, going all the way back to 1995,
1: so. Yeah, that's... We'll see how this, this is going to be awesome.
0: And then with that, I'm looking forward to seeing the short La Luna that'll be in front of that, because I've been hearing pretty good stuff about that last year, and be nice to finally see it in front of the he- film.
1: Yeah, that'll be great.
0: Uh the Very next. Exciting. Yeah, the the next, and obviously when that comes out, we'll have to do an episode about Brave and have Chris and Austin back on the show for that. too.
1: always love having those guys on here.
0: And uh, eventually, we should have a surprise for you guys from from Austin for our shows. Hope maybe by episode fifteen, you will see it. So look forward to that as well.
1: Yeah, look up on the internet, Animation Fascination, and we got uh, cool stuff coming.
0: Uh, the next one is August 17th, uh, and a new film from Henry Selleck, which I've liked all of those past films, Paranorman, which looks to be another cool stop-motion film kind of along the same lines as Coraline and James and the Giant Peach and Nightmare Before oh, wow. Christmas.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard of this film yet, so I'm interested to see what this is.
0: Yeah, it looks, I don't know, it looks it looks awesome. And of course, I think pretty much any animated film that comes out nowadays is 3D. And this will fall under that as well. It's going to be in 3D. So definitely want to check that out when it comes out and look forward to that. And the last one is another Pixar film, but we've already all seen this. But it's being re-released by Disney in 3D. Uh, Finding Nemo should definitely interesting to see this in 3d when I saw Beauty and the Beast in 3d a few weeks ago they had a trailer for this in 3d and I had me really excited for Nemo in 3d because of it being underwater it kind of adds
1: to the depth yeah
0: so definitely looking forward to seeing Finding Nemo in 3d and since they're re-releasing in theaters that leads me to Hopefully, hopefully think that the Blu-ray for Finding Nemo is finally going to come out Uh, and I can complete my entire Pixar Blu-ray collection. Yeah, it'll be it'll be real
1: interesting to see uh, how this film looks in 3D, because with all I think it's going to look very impressive with all the fish and uh, that coming towards the camera. I mean, it's not, you know, gimmicky at all. And I think it'll look very good in 3D.
0: Definitely, and uh, the, definitely the few scenes that they had in the trailer in 3D. Yeah. Definitely had me impressed for what we're going to get when the entire film comes out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see how that turns out.
0: <laughs> but that's what we're looking forward to in 2012. Those were our favorites for the 2011. Uh, so that was our show for today. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm under Mark Vibbert, M A R C. V-I-B-B-E-R-T And I am under Quest Pack, Q U E S T P A C T. Or you can follow the show at animated podcast. Uh, again, you can feel free to email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com or check out our website animationfascinationwordpress.com or at movieovermind.com. Uh, next week, we'll be back with episode 15. Uh, talking about all animated versions of star wars
1: clone wars yeah
0: so i'm mark fivert for myself and me matt quest <laughs> thank you for listening and make sure you guys come back next time we'll be back in another episode thanks again all right
1: so long